Hello, Musai Collective. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera. And before I introduce my next guest, I'd like to mention that there's a brand new Musai mix up on our SoundCloud page, curated by Red Freya, who was featured on the last episode. This week, you'll be meeting culinary Musai Anushka Garnier. With 15 years experience in both the health and culinary industries, Anushka knows how to make nutritious taste delicious. She is the owner and operator of Leaf & Bone, a Toronto-based boutique natural catering and event company that offers a variety of services centralized around food and wellness. After receiving an MSc in nutrition and training in some of London, England's busiest kitchens, the conventional practices of cooking didn't always fit into the nutritive spectrum of Anushka's world. She chose to pursue a course that challenged food as we know it, searching for healthier and cleaner ways to fuel the body without compromising flavor and familiarity. Anushka traveled to live, work, and learn in places such as the Caribbean, Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand to enrich her practice. During this time, she cultivated new techniques involving open fire, smoking, preservation, fermentation, and manipulation of raw foods. Working closely with farms and small rural establishments allowed her to gain an intimate understanding of the origins of food, biodynamic diversity and sustainability, and truly understanding Earth's natural food resources, thus inspiring her brand, Leaf and Bone. Today, we discuss the food influence of her Trinidadian background, her natural food catering company, Leaf and Bone, the synergy between food and spirituality, and so much more. This foodie Musai is a culinary artist to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at leafandbone.to. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Anushka Garnier on Musai Collective. Hello, Anushka. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How are you doing over there in Toronto today? <laughs> I mean, it's a bit crisp, but uh, <laughs> maybe not the same as you. Um, I'm good. I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm great. You know, how are you? Well, I'm great. And I'm so happy <laughs> to have you on the podcast today. And, you know, for everyone listening, Anushka and I have known each other for a few years now. And we really connected through music, food, and most importantly, we're always having a good laugh. So (laughs) it's very natural for us. We just, we vibe and I'm so happy to have you. So Anushka, yes. So Anushka, I'd love to start this conversation off by having you share with us your origin story and how you got into the food industry and how did you know that this is what you wanted to do? I knew I was obsessed with food from a very young age, you know, just that kid that would just walk into someone's house and open up their fridge and like kind of check it out, see what's going on. (laughs) Um, You know, it it kind of can be a little bit embarrassing. I never thought it was. I just thought it was a natural thing. Food to me is life. My family's from Trinidad, so I have a Trinidad origin and culture. I was born here and was raised here. I studied sciences and health sciences, kinesiology and nutrition. And food to me has always been something that is a language, connection, feeling and experience. And I just always wanted to kind of share and connect that feeling with people and what I do bring smiles to people's faces. So when I when I started working in the kitchens, I kind of figured out, okay, this is for me. This is my calling. This is what I have to do in life. And yeah, just kind of like exploded from there. Amazing. Well, I've mm-hmm. had the pleasure of trying your food, especially I was so spoiled last summer when we were at <laughs> a private camp event and we were staying in the catering cabin and oh my God, I was just eating 
all weekend. It was delicious. I've had your food a few times, like also just at different events, probably a summer days party or something like this in Toronto. But over the years, I feel like I had your food before I even met you. Actually. I think that's correct. Totally. Um, we've been doing summer days parties for a while. We were their catering partners for a while. We did a lot of their festivals and a lot of their events. And it gave us a great opportunity to kind of showcase what we were doing with like-minded people, kind of the health and the wellness and fun food kind of thing. So so that's probably true. You probably tasted my hand before you met <laughs> Before I met you and we, we had our actual vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so you are of Trinidadian descent, born and raised in Canada. And of course, growing up in a Canadian environment country, your lunchbox wasn't always filled with a peanut butter jelly sandwich, tuna sandwiches, these typical things that these Canadian kids eat, you know, but you had maybe no. plantain sandwiches. I and did have plantain sandwiches. <laughs> and other, I did indeed. Yes. And more delicious cuisine, I'm sure. But how would you say that, you know, having a Trini background really helped shape your love for food and influence you to explore the food industry as a career? You know what? It's the cultural thing. Like our food is so special. I didn't realize it or acknowledge it back then. And it was when I moved to London after university and I started like, you know, we come from a very multicultural society. Over there, it was multicultural, but like a different multicultural, like Eastern European kind of thing. And I realized I was searching for for my flavor, for my taste. And I had a really big appreciation then for what I was, what, what I had back home. And my mom is, my mom is the last of 11 children. She's the baby of 11 children and nine girls. So wow. I know. That's so, a big family. Well, oh, it's, it's baby. I'm the baby's baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I see, yeah. And I was spoiled with food. And I feel as though, you know, just my, my mom was never an amazing cook. She kind of became like a later amazing cook. So I grew up on my aunt's food. And they had all these beautiful processes, like burning sugar and, you know, caramelizing to stew and, and like creating this like curry paste to burn. And I never appreciated it until I actually began to cook. And I was like, there's so many goddamn layers in here. And I feel like, no, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I had started to incorporate those type of processes in my cuisine. Like I love Mediterranean food. I love Caribbean food. I think I kind of smushed it all together. And being able to understand and acknowledge how to layer flavors and how to marry them. And in Trinidad, it's, it's the very, you either curry something or you stew something. So it's kind of like drawing from those principles and layering and using, using like a scotch bonnet to infuse a pot rather than like chopping it up. Because if you chop it up, you'll burn people's, I'm not allowed to say balls, but like that just went to my head. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever so, you want to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, so it, it kind of like the infusions and all of that, it, it is kind of like the marker for my food. It's not simple always. But it, I mean, it's simple ingredients, but there's bold flavors in there. There's surprises, there's layers, there's fresh herbs. There, it's kind of like my identity. It's bright, you know, it, it, it's there. It's present. Oh, it's there. <laughs> and it's tasty. Oh my gosh. I love it. Those Thank tacos. You. What are those tacos? You're like, famous tacos those are those are one of our signatures um, yes so it's um it's our signature nut meat which um is made from walnuts and sunflower seeds and we kind of mimicked the flavor profile of a taco like cumin coriander seeds cilantro lime and i have a secret weapon which is from my training background okay fine i'll say it it's <laughs> <laughs> it's pimento so nice. it kind of it, it married it, you know it, it you don't miss the meat and i love that you said that because from day one that has been a favorite and it's vegan and a lot yeah. of people are like, oh, this is vegan? Yeah, it's mm. vegan, you know? Yeah, no, it was it was Thank a hit. You. I remember. 
<laughs> when you were first starting out, the food industry was and probably still is very male dominated. And yes. in what ways did you show up for yourself and push yourself through the misogynistic obstacles you faced mm-hmm. as a young woman of color just starting out in your mm-hmm. career? Mm -hmm. It wasn't only being a woman, it was being a woman of color. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, I mean, it's changing now, but when I first started, it was, it was intimidating. It was, it was intimidating. It was condescending. It was kind of having to push and try harder and work harder and play harder even so you could be included in a group. And you know what I mean? Like after work, going out, trying to connect with people so they can understand the real you, not just in the work setting it makes a huge difference in any kind of work environment right and it was tiring it was really tiring but I had to I had to push through I had to give my opinions voice my opinions really bring it it wasn't anything I did couldn't be mediocre it had to be fucking amazing you know mm-hmm. and and that's that's just what you had to do have conversations try to educate people on you know that's not cool and back then they just kind of laughed yeah, you know, it's a little it, it's a little bit different now. And now, obviously, owning my own business, I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore as such. But it's a it's a t- it's a big ladder to climb. And we're still climbing it as mm-hmm. a woman and as a woman of color. But mm-hmm. um, hopefully this systemic kind of misconnotations of people is slowly breaking down as we as we progress as a society. So yeah, for sure. And you know, you did just mention you have your own business. And it's your natural food catering company, Leaf and Bone, Mm -hmm. which offers custom catering for events, corporate lunches, workshops, yoga retreats, wellness events, and so much more. How did you navigate and pivot during this pandemic? And in what ways did the pandemic shift your company into offering your services in new ways? Well, I mean, like everything just shut down. Half of my, maybe 70% of my revenue comes from corporate clients and all those offices just were, you know, it wasn't happening. People were at home. We had to think really fast and thank God we are fortunate to have the commercial kitchen as an aspect of our business. We just didn't have a cafe or a front space. And we ended up just trying to figure out what people needed. We started doing workshops. I mean, but like how much money, how much revenue, how, how you, how can you sustain yourself on, you know, little dribble drabbles of business here. So we ended up and it only started kind of streamlining towards December of last year. So it took us some time to offer these meal kits and, you know, like supper clubs and private dinners, but on a remote kind of basis. So, you know, kind of spreading the word and, and on a need to know basis on a Friday maybe 30 people would get like a dinner or a meal box and we'd create like a zoom meeting and they would eat it together. So you almost had like an online dinner party and we'd provide the wine and we'd provide the direction and, and that kind of just evolved into people gravitating towards these meal kits at home kits. And now everybody's doing it. It's, it is quite saturated in a good way to help the restaurant industry, but it was, it was a struggle because it's not, it's not exactly what we do. We don't put food in a box. No, yeah. <laughs> we do, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you kind of want to let your food shine. It's hard. So it took some it took some maneuvering and getting used to and with staff. And another thing, we lost all our staff because we couldn't we couldn't keep them on payrolls. So there was a lot of working on my own and working. You know, I have two kids as well. I have a husband that works in the industry and it it it, it took a lot of planning and reshuffling and I mean, we're there and I'm grateful for the business begin with because there's a lot of places that have shut down unfortunately and we're still hanging in there we're still hanging in there and we're set to reopen pretty soon so it's it's been tough but I mean I'm not complaining (laughs) because we didn't shut down 
thank goodness. Yeah. And a lot, and (laughs) a lot of people, a lot of people, it's okay. A lot of people kind of got to know our business more for that because there was a lot of online chatter about like who does what and where do you get this? Yes. You know, it, it was like, it, yeah, there was a lot of online referrals. We also do postnatal packages for moms who just had a baby. Yeah. And your abundance boxes. Mm-hmm. That was like amazing. That, that went down so well. Like, because we normally build these beautiful tables, kind of like a grazing table. And I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to give this effect of wow, you know, in a box? And I ended up sourcing these beautiful kind of tray boxes. And then we created like crudite platters with like the colors and the dips. And then I would, you know, put a little bit of extra eucalyptus in there and like box it really prettily. And it just, it just kind of evolved into this beautiful abundance box. And people were feeling good about it because like they need pretty and, you know, something nice. So you, you, we'd get it delivered and we bounced back from that because a lot of our corporate clients came to us for team appreciation boxes or Christmas boxes or like, you know, team meeting boxes. And that was never an avenue that we we looked at, you know? So it started to catch on and it's been pretty good so far. Wow. Well, you said you're reopening in a few yes. weeks, the storefront. You have a new storefront now, right? It's in, it's in Riverdale. It's Dundas and Broadview, just, okay. uh, just a little bit north of Queen and Broadview. We've always had our storefront. We've had a few businesses in there, but this is the first time Leaf and Bone uh-huh. will be taking over the front with its own identity nice. and entity. We've partnered with a few other people. We've done some pop-up during the pandemic as well and invited chefs to come in and use the kitchen space and help people that are startups and, you know, just just to keep kind of the uh, momentum running for the space. My, my son is in daycare full time right now and it's like, Woo! and my daughter is starting back school. My husband just started back work. So now is the time we're all kind of settling back into our roles and we're ready to pump it out at Leaf and Bone. We've got a great team in place and an awesome menu. And we're hoping to open our doors probably in about a month and, and feed the masses because the space is beautiful. It's raw, it's authentic. It emanates Leaf and Bone. It's all exposed brick and plants and breezy. And yeah, yes. I can't wait. I well, can't wait. I everybody... Can't wait. I can't check it out, everybody. <laughs> <I> <laughs> I'm not wait. in this city, I but can't wait yes. to do it. Yes. Just do my thing. It's just, yeah. it's been such a long time. Like, yeah. Such a long time. I can imagine. So cooking is certainly a love language. And when you cook, your energy is transmitted into the food you're preparing. In what ways has food and cooking brought you to a higher vibration and frequency? And how does it make you feel in the end? Do you feel that there's a synergy between food and spirituality? They bring me to beautiful people like you. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> I have I have an enormous amount of energy to share, as you know. <laughs> boing, 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 boing. Food to me is a way to connect to people, you know, and I just love just putting it out there and feeding people and the conversations that you have and the appreciation, because everybody's got to eat. Right. Yeah. And it, it's you have these conversations where people are so engaged, even at camp, like just I mean. I took a block of feta. I put some olive oil, peppers, and some herbs, just wrapped it up. I love cooking on open fire, slapped it on the fire. Like the feels from the people around just smelling this, like it just raises people a little bit. It's unity as well, right? Food is communal. Food is encompassing and embracing. It's so beautiful to see people come together and sit down and share a meal and enjoy it and talk about it course it raises your vibration it's releasing serotonins in your brain you're happy and I feel like I feel like I mean if you're not 
sitting down to give that to yourself, I hope that I can bring you closer to that emotion and feeling and connection because it's important and it's, it, it just makes you happy. What well, makes me really happy? <laughs> it makes me happy too. The ways to get to my, the ways to get to my heart. Feed me. <laughs> I mean, I mean energy, me. <laughs> like if, if you think about it for years, even in history, like that's mm-hmm. where a lot of decisions were made around a table. That's where a lot of, you know, important conversations, family, mealtime, catch up. How did you change the world today? Like, you know, just fa- conversations. It's, it's, it's a very... True. When you're growing up, when I think about growing up, you know, as a kid, you've all come home from school, your parents are coming home from work and, you know, sitting down at the dinner table is your time together as a family every day, you know, not just family Sunday dinner, but day to day to reconvene. How was your day? What's going on? What's the 411? (laughs) And coming from a cultural home, coming from a cultural, you know, like it was very strong. We had to be home for dinner. There was no way. And yeah. this was up until I was like in my teens. Me and my brother had to be home for dinner. And I married a Frenchman, which is like, okay, my food obsession. And then I go and find a Frenchman <laughs> <laughs> who funnily enough went to culinary school and trained in the, it. Like, it's like, oh my God, you were made for me. And, <laughs> and not just that, like the things that I might, might not catch, like he catches, it's a great you know, balance. But what I wanted to say is I married this Frenchman and in France, they have like three hour meals at the table. I mean, it's the apero, it's the, it's the starter, it's the main, like all those things, it's really happening. You're at the table for three hours. But, and in the beginning I was like, oh my God, man, I need a nap. I just ate like all this food. How are these people just still like, you know, I'd make exits and go and, you know, hug the baby and be like, oh, the baby's crying. <laughs> just <laughs> sleep. I need a minute. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> but, 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 but like the conversations are so amazing, Lindsay. Like it's, it's just, it's so bonding. It's so nice. It's when my, when I was getting married and my mom came to France and uh, anyway, she came and, you know, she's eating cheese in the morning. That's so weird because they like your cheese for breakfast. And it's amazing to see the cultural, uh, you know, uh, just the conversation. Yeah, I'm having cheese and bread and toast and a tea, but they, they don't get it. Yeah. It, it, it's so unifying in a way, like food unite food should unite not divide now but but that's what I do yes and well I'm in the Dominican Republic and my family half of my family is Dominican Mm -hmm. I can resonate with the whole big family food culture or even just like a typical Dominican breakfast it's heavy it's like like a fried salami or bacon or meat with like mufongo and like fried onions and fried cheese like it's (laughs) I don't, I've had it maybe once or twice minus the meat, but you know, the food, did I say it right? Yeah, that's it. I want to like, it's like smashed, it's like smashed plantains with like pork, mofongo, yeah, mofongo, but they can put like, it's like, it's like a mushed plantain with like all this, so many, so many flavors. It's so good. (laughs) Minus the meat, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Anyways, food is happiness, isn't it? (laughs) Food is is happiness. Happiness. Okay. So you and I, Anushka, we've had some real talk conversations about music connection and and how important it was for us to be with a partner who likes the same music. It's everything. (laughs) It is everything. And, you know, especially electronic music for me and like being on that same page with like 
musically speaking, it's a lot for me. I, and I was trying to say, I was telling you that it's like something that was on the top of my list when I was like, well, if I'm going to be with someone, like, I really think this music is important. Yes. And I and think I, before yes. I talked to you, people were telling me, like friends were being like, oh, Lens, you're being too picky. And then, and then when you and I talked, you were like, oh I remember it exactly. God, we were standing in your kitchen. You were cooking for us. <laughs> I, I remember exactly that moment. I, I Exactly that moment. Because yeah. it was like, epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can wait for this, you know? And you can totally wait someone for speaks this. Your, you and, deserve it. And I have it now, actually. So it's fantastic. <laughs> he plays it's music amazing. for me and I dance. <laughs> it's amazing. I know your hashtag. Play for me. I play for it. me. Yeah, I just say that. I just I dance around. It. If he's playing, I'm like, play for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So important to, you know, be on the same page. And I'm so glad that I didn't give that up because it's so important to me. And so for you, how has music and the connection to others it brings forward been a positive influence in your everyday life? I think already. Um, music is so important to me. It always has been, again, coming from the Trinidadian background, the culture, the beats, the drums, the soca, the the carnival. Like, my, like honestly, my mom's going to hate me for saying this, but I remember as a child on a Saturday morning, my mom blasting her records and taking her shirt, tying it up, and we had one of those old school walls of mirrors, you know, the 70s, like 80s house. And she'd be busting it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you're amazing. <laughs> I, 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 think, um, I think music has always been a very important aspect of my life. And when I met my partner, he, again, Frenchman, but very worldly with music. And he just opened my eyes to the Chora, for example, this instrument, just Afro music and French music and Portuguese music and all these beats. And, and I, I kind of got a little bit more educated. And he's, he's my twin musical flame. <laughs> I know that's, I know that's really cheesy, but it, I don't think it happens often. And we're on the same, we're on the same BPM. I swear to God, every day, like it, I, I, I cannot tell you it's almost freaky that we have this connection, even in fights or like in down days, it's like the music just brings us together. The music is always, always our connection. What about Yangle that is, but like he, he gets it. He just gets it. And we get, we hear the same thing in the music and we like it. Like there's like a little like, and you hear it. He hears it. I hear it. We lived in Australia for, after we got married. We did, we did a, instead of going on a regular honeymoon, we did a long trip in Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. We were gone for about two and a half years. And I, I feel like he's a soundtrack of my life. It, it's incredible. I, I hear Oh my God, I remember, that's I so cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember a moment and it's just, and it's, that's us. Like it, different songs represent different times of our, all of our time together in our marriage. And I mean, Homer loves track. I don't know, girl, I birthed my son to that. Like he played that while I was laboring. And it's just like, my son just like, I breathed him out. It's just, it, it was magical. Oh my God. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I yes. oh my God, I know. Amazing. And I told Homer too. And he's like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a deep connection and I'm very fortunate and grateful to have it. And I don't downplay it because I think it's important. Yeah. Good, well, good vibes. Then I'm really happy we had that conversation because I think I was yeah. like letting people you get to my head it. and people were just like, you no, just wait for it. You're being too picky. But like, it's funny no. because my man now we met because also of music, like mm -hmm. he was playing the music at the party that I was at and the music was so good. I was like, Oh, I'm staying this whole night. I was like, 
I'm there, yeah. I'm staying. And I said to my friend, I'm not going to any other events unless it's this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so. you, you know what you're, you're, you're at an age right now. And like, we've been just, we've been, it, it's, it's like 20 years of music, 25. Like it's been a long, me too. I've just been, I've, it's been a big part of my life for a very long time. It's okay to be picky at this point. <laughs> yes. And I feel you know the same I mean? way about what kind of events I want to go to and this and of that. You know, we were talking about it. a certain event today. He was like, should we be going to this? And I was like, what? Did you see the lineup? And then we went through the whole lineup and I was like, no, that's the heart. <laughs> I think that was our conversation this morning. And I was like, no, yeah. I would rather do yeah. that. I'm like, the kind of parties that I want to go to are like this yeah. level and like yeah. experience, not just like yeah. a rough yeah. party, like in the jungle somewhere. It, like, it, no. It, it, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so, it's so diverse because like, it can go from jazz. It can go, it can go to like, to, to hip hop. Like his hip, like, I'll tell you a funny story. If I may, we're driving to Bordeaux for a wedding and he finds his old CD case. And so he pops the CD in and we're in his mother's like old began on this like little French road going to his friend's wedding in Bordeaux. And all this old school dub starts popping out. Like I, you know, again, being Trini all the time in Trinidad, you know, hearing all the, all the reggae, we call it dub. But you know, like big, I don't know. I'm not going to sing, <laughs> but <laughs> the song, the song is playing. It's big up. It's like my favorite dub song. And I look at him and I'm like, how the hell do you know this song? It's like from when I was 15. Like, and it's just like, it's like uh, old music. And he's like, oh yeah, we used to hear this guy used to play this in this barn, you know, at this, uh, when I was this age and all these kids would rock up and reggae and and I'm listening to the CD and I was like, you're made for me because how the hell randomly do you pop a CD in? But when I tell you it's like dirty dub, lens, it's like <laughs> <laughs> dusty dub. It's dirty dub. <laughs> Chinese laundry. Like, do you know what's funny? Um, you know how you said that you were trying to find your sound in Dominican Republic? So when we first came back from, from traveling, so we lived in London, like, you know, like we went to fabric, went to ministry, like we, we had the sound and I had some DJ friend, like we were in that kind of crew, like here as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to parties with my friend and I couldn't, I just couldn't get the sound. I couldn't. And she listens to like the revival kind, you know, like the, the jumpy a little, and which I like, but like I was looking for like that dirty melodic deeper, like yeah. deeper sound yes and it was only when I went to summer days and I met like Jord and the bill and later on you got like that sound is what we were looking for so it was very it was it was cool because it was like oh man I found my people like they get it you know absolutely yeah so basically the synopsis here is music is life let it be the soundtrack. music and food music and food <laughs> the soundtrack of our lives yes. these are the days of our lives <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get to the next question now. Can you okay. share with us one or two muses in your life that you'd love to give a shout out to? Well, I already did. My mom. Yeah. She, big impact, big lady, big personality, big influencing, controlling. <laughs> Pretty mom. <laughs> no, but for real though, I, I have a lot to thank because we, you know, she's divorced, remarried. She remarried her 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 sweetheart from when she was five years old. She has a freaking epic story as well. But it's just like their relationship is like their best friends. But she's also crazy, and my dad just knows how to handle her, and it's like a beautiful thing to kind of model. But my mom is strong. She's taught me strength to say how I feel, to be me, to 
just love and be kind and just love like she loves a lot like she loves with everything and I guess that's coming comes from being part of a big family as well my yeah my mom for being amazing <laughs> Maya Angelou poet civil rights activist memoirist yeah. musician just uh, like influential pinnacle like just so important in history and she also says one thing that I love I've learned that people will forget what you say I've learned that people will forget what you did but they will never forget how you made them feel and um I just got goosebumps we, from that <laughs> yeah well I don't know why <laughs> well because it's, it's, it's powerful because yeah. uh it's your vibration right it's mm-hmm. how you make people feel and and it's how you what you give off and it's not what you do or what you have it's it's how you connect it's how you it's what your contribution in is into this vibration, into this society of vibration, you know? How do you make people feel? And that's exactly what I teach my daughter every day, you know, be kind. That's beautiful. And I would was going to ask you if you'd like to share one positive affirmation with us, but would you like that to be kind of the thing or which is there something else you'd like no to share? I have I have an affirmation that Tell I me. that I I speak your truth. Yes. <laughs> oh you speak your truth. <laughs> Speak your truth. It's simple. Yeah. Speak your truth, baby girls. Always. always. Yes. Yes. Well, Anushka, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was so nice to hear your story. I even learned some new things about you, you know, that I just never knew before, but it's so lovely. Thanks for for letting me blab about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not enjoying this. Thank you, like, I love best, you. I love you too. And best of luck with the opening of Thank you very Leaf much. and Bone once again. And everyone yes. check out Leaf and Bone. Delicious Let items. <laughs> Let Anushka feed you. You will not be Please. disappointed. I'm I will. Ready. I'm ready. Oh, she's ready. And I will link all the information below this episode description. Anushka, have a beautiful weekend and Thank I you. hope to see you soon, but hopefully you come here. <laughs> I can do that. Sounds good to me. I'm on it. <laughs> Thank Love you. Love you.